Hey everybody, this is Timothy Bennett here. It's Aaron Banyan. Welcome back to the Banter Bros. This time we're taking a new direction. It's going to be the Banter Bros goes to the movies. Yeah. And in this uh, season two, we're uh, going to focus primarily on films, movies, because different aspects of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything from just the movies that we like, talking about them, analyzing them, to directors and actors and all that. Yeah. For sure. Kind of wrapped up in a pretty bow. Because essentially, we've joked around about this in uh, last season, and we we have such a hard time not referencing. Movies are so ingrained in us that we have a lot of trouble do, having discussions not in general where yeah. we don't reference at least one. Like, we were having a talk the other last week, and I said something from a movie, and you're like, you've used that line yep. five or six times for different things. Absolutely. And so that's just the way we are. Yep. So. And, and so we decided that we would redirect our focus a little bit, yep. be a little less uh, everywhere, and F- a little more... Fine-tune it a little bit, yeah. yeah. A little more on onto the nose of something. And, and films is typically what we talk about the most. So yeah. that is uh, season two. But uh, today, tonight more appropriately uh we're gonna we're gonna do a little little kind of like interview heart to heart yeah we're gonna do essentially we're gonna do like a a background interview almost like yeah essentially the idea that we were coming up with is that we would kind of talk about what films mean to us but we would do it in kind of a manner of like an interviewee kind of thing uh mainly i'm gonna ask aram some questions i'm gonna expect good answers so you can expect all you want. Hang on, prom is nothing. <laughs> Story of my life, right? But that's how we we're going to do it for at least the first couple episodes, yeah, and then we'll two. dive into what this is all about. So, yeah, yeah. let's just get started. Start it up. So, Aram, that's me. You are a pretty, I guess, average cinephilia. Cinephile? No, it's Before? a cinephilia. Yeah, it sounds like a fetish. It does, which is why it was a little hard. It's, it's almost like saying pedophilia or pedophile. That's why like, I thought it was like cinephile. I thought, yeah, no, but anyway. the cinephile is is the term that's used to say that that's what it is, and cinephilia is like the person that actively is that thing. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because it's I guess the same way as what I just said, like a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> Into a you know. Yeah, I don't even want to go that, that route. Anyway, okay, let's stop talking anyway. about pedophilia for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, you like films. Yeah, so I mean, I, down. I love watching let's films. Let's Americanize it. Yeah. You like films. I love to watch movies. Like, it's it's a uh, an easy way for me to, you know, escape, I guess, would be an easy way to say it. Um, you know, I watched them before I could read, I'm sure. So. <laughs> yeah. I was I was very much a kid that got babysat by the TV some days, so it was one of those things. That explains everything. Doesn't it? No. Uh, <laughs> so, kind of, since you bring that up, as, as a child, mm-hmm. you found yourself being drawn into films, yep. or at least TV. I mean, it's all kind of the same. It's all, yeah, all the same world. Together, yeah. yep, it's all the same world. Um, what was it that you found to be your like go-to in in that kind of thing like whether or not it was the genre or if it was television versus movies you know uh, uh what is it up, did you find that you were drawn to more growing up a lot of the time i found myself 
watching a lot of TV with my grandparents and my mom. Like, so we watched a lot of sitcoms on on TV at night. You know, I remember watching you know shows like Night Court, mm. Perfect Strangers. I eventually ended up watching a lot of Nick at Night, um, which ended up exposing me to older shows. Like, uh, I remember watching Get Smart, um, F Troop, which I don't know if anybody of my age would really remember F Troop or not. I don't think it I It was I know in black it. and white. I'll show it to you sometime. Um, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, f- roughly, I mean, this is the early 90s that you were a child in, but you yeah, essentially, so in given that you were older, I was six years old. Yeah, so. And given that you were hanging out with older people, you yeah. tended to watch a little more of the older shows, which yeah. I think is a very common thing. I think it's, I think it's just part of a childhood who hangs out with Oh, their grandparents. I, I mean, and my grandparents, like my other grandparents, I watched, I was exposed to Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. That's oh. what I remember watching with my dad's side of the family. My, those grandparents, I'd go stay with them on the weekends. We'd watch a lot of Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Which is nothing wrong with it. No, nothing those, at all. Those trivia shows are, are pretty informative. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure that's the baseline of some of my education is probably more Jeopardy than it is anything else. Sad. But, sad yeah, panda. Right. So... Growing up in the 90s, mm-hmm. born in the 80s, you were kind of like a child that was bridged between two realms. They were drastically different. 90s oh, yeah. films, God, TV yes. shows, to 80s films and TV you know, films yep. and stuff. They were just drastically different. But as a child, did you favor one kind of era over the other? And if so, in that particular era, what did you find genre-wise to be your kind of go-to? your kind of comfort zone you know, or your your appeal i guess if i had to peg it down my my go-to's i sitcoms were what i was you know mostly watching so i mostly gravitated towards other ones like that i didn't really get into the dramas like i remember nypd blue not being big for me but everyone else like had a gigantic heart on for that show yep same thing with er i didn't give a shit about er right there we go um, Things like that, I didn't, I didn't really dig too much. But sitcoms, I, I really enjoy. Like I say, I was exposed to sitcoms like Night Court, which I believe was late '80s. I'd have to go take a look. Um, but I mean, I, I love Night Court. I actually own all the seasons. So yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you've you've been trying to get me to watch that for a little while now. Yeah, it it's it's I, good. Like I, I say, I love John Larroquette. So and he's the big sheriff guy, right? John Larroquette is the uh, district attorney. Oh, okay. Uh, Who's the big? The bailiff is Richard Mall. That is that, that guy. He I plays recognize. Bull Shannon. That's the guy I recognize. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's um, kind of a hard. He's a big guy. He's a tall dude. He he plays the the uh, very tropish sort of big lovable dumb guy. Yep. Um, and and I've seen him in stuff much later than Night Court, but I've seen him in movies or films or shows or whatever where he's just this small little role or little yeah, part that pops up here and there. he doesn't do a ton of, like, he's, I don't think he's ever been, like, a lead, lead actor, no. but he's always been a support guy that's always there, and he always adds something to the, yeah. to the mix. I feel like I've seen him in, like, Smallville as, like, a you farmer or possibly something. very did. I just, I can't for the um, life of me. I know who he is because of whatever I, I'm trying to remember. I, I don't remember what show it was, but there was an episode of a, a, another sitcom I watched where he was on, and some 
weird thing happened where like he either like sued the main characters or like caused the main characters to go to jail or something like that. And then at the end, like everything was fixed and they're like, well, why did you do that? He's like, I never got to play the bad guy. And it was like just a random joke, but I was like, he never is like, and that's not true. He's gotten to play the bad guy. Like there's at least one movie where he's technically the villain. Um, He's always, if he's a bad guy, he's always like a minor, like asshole kind of bad guy. Like he's always like the, the, the loud boss or like in the movie sidekicks, he's the, the gym teacher that's always screaming at people. Sidekicks. I do remember him in sidekicks. That's right. He, uh, yup. Yep. I just remember he was like talking to Jonathan Brandis. You know, he's like, what do you, what do you got a death wish? He's trying to fight the other kid. (laughs) Yup. I, I do remember him in that completely forgot. Yeah, but again, that. that's that's his stance. Like he's he's a throw. Like I don't I don't say it lightly, but he's a throwaway character. Like he's in tons of stuff, but yeah. you never notice it. I, I I imagine him in a military uniform for he, something. He was in the the movie House, which is a, a very campy horror movie. Mm-hmm. He played an old army buddy of the main character who comes back at the end from the dead as the the thing that's trying to like get his family so th- again he played the bad guy in yep. that so that was that might be what you remember Maybe. him from I, like I said he's got a recognizable face I know who he is his voice is recognizable like <clears throat> whether he's screaming or just talking normally <laughs> like his voice is recognizable his whole demeanor the man is memorable mm-hmm. but somehow forgettable at the same time yeah it's a shame how many Actors are like that, though. Right. Yeah, for sure. You don't get a lot of it nowadays because it's hard to stay either relevant or even in the spotlight long enough. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's one of those where back in the day, you have a lot of forgotten old souls that just kind of get lost in time. And yeah. until they die, then you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So uh, <clears throat> let's go on to the next one. So you find yourself drawn to sitcoms. Mm-hmm. If I'm watching TV, if you're watching, yeah. and uh, we kind of essentially you just answered the question previously, but you kind of are drawn further into like more of the older stuff of sitcom than you were are towards um, the '90s. There, you know. It, I'm I mean, when you're dealing those, with shows, though, they can last a good ten years or yeah, so. So and that's, it, it kind that's of balances where it ends up out. Being like, like Night Court ran into the '90s. Yeah. Same thing with that uh, would be your bridge Perfect, right there. Perfect Strangers is, I believe, started like in '91. Yeah. Or maybe even '89. One of the two, but like ran into the '90s. And Perfect Strangers is another show that one of my favorite shows. Growing up, I don't know. That was just one of those ones that I always watched. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, sorry. So for me, it's more or less everything has its ups and its downs. There's plenty of stuff from the 80s that like I go, oh, this is dog shit, and I don't watch it. <laughs> or I like will watch something and go, oh, this is fucking great. Yep. And I, you know, it holds a special spot in my heart. I talked to you about trying to find uh, a show that I didn't watch very much of, but I remember bits of it fondly was Moonlighting. Yeah. Which yep. was Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd. And yep. I know the premise of the show and I know I watch bits of it. It is hard to find. Yeah, it's it's not on Amazon at all. Like you can't buy you, it. You can buy Amazon. uh you can buy like the box set for like two hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, I don't know how it got so goddamn expensive. It's probably just because it's a rare print. Yeah, maybe. But 
though. But yeah, I mean, every every era has its ups and its downs. Like the '90s have, you know, I guess the easiest way to look at it is I watch a lot of stand-up comedy. Yeah. So the ninety, the '80s, the '90s, and like the 2000s, all have like different looks, different feels. Some people were really good. Others, you didn't understand how they got specials. Yeah. Yep. Um, nowadays, it's a lot less common for people to get, you know, hour-long specials. I think they're a little more discerning. Um, ADD. Yeah. The it's attention in, of today's society is... Yeah. And, like I mean, it's, it's much easier. It's like, blanking. nowadays, people get, like, you know... 50, like, Netflix did the, like, I think um, it was, like, a 15-minute bit. Where, like, people got, like, a 15-minute or 20-minute slot. To do like stand up? Um, to do stand up, yeah. It was like a stand up collection where each each comic got like fifteen or twenty yep, minutes. I think I know what you're talking about. And I think I watched uh, one or two of those. Yeah, and they weren't bad, but I yeah. mean at the same time, like you didn't get the full feel of what they could do. Yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. And uh I guess I never really noticed that. I never I never yeah, it just didn't click, but I think you're absolutely right. You don't have these hour long specials anymore. Like yep. you know, when Dane Cook came out yeah, I remember watching his specials, and it was just an hour and a half of obnoxious noise. Right, but you know, and Mitch I've heard Hedberg, comics. I've heard comics talk about how it is very difficult to fill an hour, and I believe it because I don't write jokes. I I'm not a stand up comic. Yeah, I can only imagine it's difficult. But I look at, you know, the '80s when Carlin and Richard Pryor and people are doing stand up sets, and they're flush with material all the way up till the end yeah and i'm like how is it that much harder how is it that much harder for you guys to do it when those guys were already doing it that might be something we should uh kind of talk about uh one of our episodes because i feel like we could elaborate a lot more into that direction yeah. i have to I, I have to pencil that in my notebook though like i say i mean Talks i'm, I'm about not stand up i'm not an expert on stand up so aging. i mean whatever i'm saying is just me like wondering you know, yeah, don't don't get up my ass about you know. But how you're I'm, you're you're a consumer though. Right. You are you are. It's not you're not an expert of the the craft itself, but you are right. a consumer. You're the one that's been watching it, so you do have a say because it's all about you anyway. Yeah. If it wasn't for people like you or right. I and every other fucking person in the world, they wouldn't have their job yeah. or that position in their right their life. So like essentially, you're not criticizing the craft as much as you're criticizing the way that the comedy has evolved yeah yeah so, i get yeah no absolutely I mean, if you can cram in if you want to do a shorter set and cram in as much material as possible like so that i'm rolling for 30 minutes fine yep but i mean you know like i say carlin and you know prior and all them were doing it in the 80s early 90s for an hour and i was i was buckled in the whole time yep yeah yeah. Well, I guess I can move that into uh, my next question, which would be: um, Do you favor your comedies over drama, or your actions over horror? Like when you find yourself sitting on the couch wanting to watch something, what is it that you're drawn to more it, out of the genre? I know really, I kind of asked this earlier, but I was more looking at the era. Yeah. Of what is it that so you kind of go for? Now it, I want to know what your genre tastes. It really depends on how I'm feeling. Like, if I'm just looking to veg out or, you know, put something on that, like, I don't need to pay attention to, I'll put an action movie on or something like that. Something that doesn't have a whole lot of plot. Yep. You know, 
or I'll put on a, a horror movie or something like that that I can like listen to and like not miss much if I'm not paying attention, you know. But if I really want to, you know, if I'm caught by a movie like and I have the time to sit down and like actually invest in it, it I would probably say it probably leans more towards a drama or a thriller nowadays. It didn't used to be. When I was younger, I didn't really get into the dramas that much. I watched a lot of comedy. I still do, mm-hmm. but nowadays, like, I want, I guess, you know, getting to be older, like, I want something out of it. If I'm going to sit and invest, I want to actually enjoy the story. I want yeah. something to come yeah, out of it. Gonna, I, I was going to ask you, why, why is that? Why do you think that is? Why do you think it's changed into I think Yeah, I think it's just maturity. Like, I can't sit and waste my time when I've got, I only have limited time. I'm, you know, a father now, so I mean, I have. Liam takes up most of my day when mm-hmm. he's there, so I get a few hours after he goes to bed. You know, depending on like how late I want to stay up and how tired I want to be the next day. Like, I yeah, only you want to get something out of your time. So exactly, you, I only get so much time, and you know, so it's, it's very much. I want to be moved. I don't want to like, waste my time on a movie. And there are plenty of times where I think a movie is going to be okay. And I'll sit there and all of a sudden it's like, no, and I'll just start fast forwarding through stuff to get to the parts that like actually matter. Yeah. And people think that's cheating. Um, and it might be, but it's, it doesn't affect me. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can compare it to those people who want to read the, the ending of a book before they read the Which actual book. So I, I'll, I'll go, I'll go to the bookstore and like, if I'm looking at a book, I'll read the last few pages before I decide to buy it. Yeah. Not me. Which makes me a heathen to some people I know. <laughs> a part of me likes to go in blind. Yeah. I mean, and, and there's been books that I've done that for, but I mean, for the most part, it's just like, it's, and I, I've been asked the question before and I'll say it, it's movies and books. I kind of feel the same. It's about the journey. It's not about the ending uh-huh. for, for me. At least I don't care about the ending. It, because the ending doesn't matter unless the journey makes it matter. Yeah, have a have a purpose. To yeah, the exactly. It's the ending is the ending. Which, it's the middle that's got to give it some purpose or some meaning. Which is some of the issues that uh, I find into comedy. Mm-hmm. You don't need a purpose. Yeah, even action. I guess action. I mean, the eighties and nineties were were notoriously oh. famous for their cheesy, crappy action. Shit, flicks, yes. but they were fantastic too. Well, so enjoyable, they, yeah. You know, it, there's nothing. Okay, there's something to be said, and it might be testosterone or whatever, male ego, whatever. But there's something to be said about watching a movie where a guy just shoots everything and makes many explosions and gets the girl. Like, there's something enjoyable about that. Yep. Like, and like I say, it might just be that I'm a guy, so that's it yep. plays into it, but. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I agree with you. It's definitely probably has to a phallic kind yeah. of thing. But it's like, it's, I loved watching Rambo. Why the fuck would I want to watch Rambo otherwise? Like, other than the fact that he shoots everybody. Uh, yeah. like, <laughs> he just mercs the entire Vietnamese army essentially. All right. I mean, or you don't Korean. you don't go to a, a Jean Claude Van Damme film and uh, to to watch him you know bitch slap people. No, you want to see him do his sidekick. Yeah, I want to see him roundhouse kick, kick yep. like ninety five people, like and split in the air, and then yeah. watch him go flying. Yep, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I'll I'll close this uh, last question down to a. Um, uh, it's going to be a little uh, 
a couple questions I think into it, but sure. if you were to define yourself as a as a film, if you if you were to try to write a film that you would want to be in, how like how would you go about it? That if, I would want to be yes. in, or that like, I that like would you be would based be based off of not me. based. You would okay. be in fantasy. Where, like if you want, okay. like you wanted to be a goddamn Hobbit and okay. travel well, the Shire. Would... Is that the kind of <laughs> film that you would write or be in? Like, um, what is it that you see as you, your person, your imaginative world, in your head? Where do you find yourself in? I, you know, find myself the most most of the time when i'm transported into a movie like if i find myself like in the lead role in my head yep. as opposed to whoever's on the screen it's usually a fantasy movie um i tend to like fantasy novels and fantasy movies there is always uh a draw to them in some way uh i think i i had not an inflated sense, but I had a romanticized sense of chivalry and honor and all that. Um, I believe that was probably what I felt most felt most akin to. Yeah, I guess would be the right word. Like you, you would want essentially yourself to be that kind of person. Yeah, and and live live your life that way. Yeah, not just yeah. That's where. If I had to, yeah, if I had to peg myself into a hole, that would be the the way I would be. Mm. Essentially, you'd be the wandering gunslinger in a, in a fantasy world that would go and mm. right the wrongs. And well, but the it's right. you you're not in the fantasy realm. There's really not a term for it because yeah, no, you, for sure, you could be you know a paladin is is more of a, a you know, righteous side of God thing. Yeah. And they don't really have like just a, a traveler, but the gunslinger it's has valid, a better yeah. choice because it's all about upholding the right, mm-hmm. you know, the right and wrong yeah. without having to it, include it's a like religious like I said, we section. talked about uh, <laughs> one of our episodes about D and D and it's like the draw of D and D is you get to be in a story where you get to be the hero and who doesn't want to be or a the hero. Villain. Huh? Or the villain. Or the villain. But I mean, <laughs> you can be whatever me, you want. That's the great thing about it. For me, it's always been, you know, I get to be the hero. Yeah. You know, and I, I you know, I've gone through, you know, the the various versions of a hero in my head, but um I think being the hero or being able to hold myself to that standard is what I especially as a child, I think I wanted to do that more. Yeah. Like that's what I wanted to be. Yeah, essentially the fantasizing part, because we talked about sidekick, and that's kind of what brought mm-hmm. that question on. Yeah, if you look at sidekick, that's yeah. all he does is he just fantasizes about being this sidekick to Chuck Norris. I, in all I, his I films. don't even think he, ima- he wanted like, to be I the think, same thing. He wanted to be a hero. Yeah, he wanted to be. He it's wanted tough, to be Chuck Norris. It just yeah, the way the way his fantasies played out, he yep. was the sidekick. Yep. But I think he in general just wanted to be what Chuck Norris was. Yeah. But, I mean, if you want to break it down, it's probably more of a mentor kind of concept. Because if you look at what he was doing, Chuck Norris was being fantasized as a mentor. to Like, we just climb into ropes. Chuck Norris is right there along with him. Come on, you can do it. Yeah, I'm I'm always remembering, like, the bits where, like, he was in, like, movies that 
Chuck Norris was in. So and that's where, in my mind, I was like, hey, he couldn't really take Chuck Norris out of that. But no. But yeah, essentially, that's that's where I got that question was. For sure. How would that be if it, if it was for you? And I, I figured it would probably be fantasy related, to be honest, just because I know you well enough. But yeah. Um, yeah. I was never much for sci-fi. Like, I watched some sci-fi, but I've never been much for it. I think probably the closest I got was. Oh God, what was it? No, I've forgotten, so I didn't get that close to it. <laughs> I'd say the second, the second Highlander movie probably is the closest sci-fi movie I really got into. But yeah, the uh, Quickening. Yeah, it was the, to the Quickening. Yeah, the the worst film that people go that doesn't exist. We've talked about that. That before. movie is to Highlander fans what what um, oh shit I just had it I was gonna say something about Firefly but we're just gonna no cause there's nothing really that like happened that you go no that didn't happen no as far as Firefly there was another movie uh, I guess like you look at some of the early like the first three Star Wars movies like people think that the the like, you're talking about like episode one and episode yeah, two. Episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone just wants to kind of forget those. <laughs> yeah, sadly. I, being the fact that I'm not a Star Wars guy, I didn't mind them. Yeah. I watched them once. Yeah. And was like, that's enough. Episode but that's one really that's really been my feeling about Star Wars in general. Has been like, once is enough. Yeah, I'll have to write that down in my notes for a later podcast. We'll go down that road eventually. I'm not, I'm not a Star Wars. I'm not a Star Trek guy either. Like I've I've watched some of Star Trek and it's fine, but yeah. sci fi has never been my thing. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's, aliens never really did much for me. Yeah, teach yeah. room. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I guess that's that's really the only other kind of question that was going to lead off onto was, do you find yourself? You know, being a hero or a villain in your own story, but you kind of, kind of answered that already. I never, I don't know. It was one of those things. It's the same thing in video games. Like video games, they give you the option to be the villain. I can never bring myself to be the villain. No. Like even when I do something wrong, I go, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done that. You, you have this kind of unconscious, like ethical, moral. Yeah, yeah it's that an just kind of gets ethical in the way. and moral compass that like won't let me veer off. Yep. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean. As, as two guys who have just a love for film in general, mm-hmm. um, I think that one thing that this, this new direction is going to be really fun is, is we're going to be able to be precise and you know, specific yeah. on whatever we want to be. Right. But the idea that we don't want to do is we're not going to sit there and just you know go through the film uh, like we've done in the past couple of we're, we're just going to talk about what we like, what we didn't like. Those types of things, things that we notice, right? You know, things that we think are worthy, and, and you know, we might kind of come back to certain questions or certain things that uh, are going to be repetitive. That's kind of the idea. Yeah. To keep us flowing, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's what I got for you, man. A little, little quick. Yeah. Into the realm of Aram and film. Yeah. So. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Reverse, where I ask Tim questions see where that goes they're not going to be as good they're not going to be because at this point old arms have trouble coming up with them alright <laughs> so alright man stay tuned and uh, we'll catch you later guys thanks for stopping by peace